pandemic has had a tremendous impact on sleep, insomnia, and anxiety. If you are suffering from sleep issues like half the world is, my sponsor, Real Sleep, has developed the world's first personalized sleep solution customized to you. Unlike prescription and over-the-counter sleep aids, their plant-based formula works with your body to get you to sleep faster, help you sleep deeper, and cut down on sleep disturbances. Pandemic, man, is tough, anxiety. I have trouble sleeping when I'm nervous about things. I definitely can see how real sleep can help me. It can help you. While sleep is solitary, you are not alone and Real Sleep is here to help. That's why I'm teaming up with Real Sleep to give you 20% off your next purchase. Go to the link on my show notes and use the code POD to see why Real Sleep is the last sleep product you'll ever need. Real Sleep. I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello? From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. And I'm Neil Stone. Off-season episode two. Can't stop, won't stop. Back. Took a month off. It was refreshing. Nothing happened in WVU basketball. Kind of quiet month in the (laughs) off-season, right, Neil? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it shouldn't take no headlines. Yeah. It shouldn't take too long to catch up, but we'll try. So yeah. what has happened since the Syracuse uh, loss? Well, you know, that, the transfer portal is pretty full. It, it filled up pretty quick. Dude, it's – there's endless room for people to go into a transfer portal, and West Virginia has experienced that on both sides of it. So let's talk about it. So – Speaking of, so there's the transfer portal. Let's jump in the time machine. Let's go back to 2018. Yep. Bob Huggins, I need, I'm going to fix it. Coming off a terrible, or no, right before the terrible season. We're not in fix it mode yet. This is right. year after Carter graduates. And he recruits, according to 24 7 Sports, the 26th best class in 2018. <laughs> and it was a good class. Let me give you the list. Six names. We all know the names. Derek Culver, Jordan McCabe, Trey Dooms. Remember Trey Dooms? Emmett Matthews Jr., Andrew Gordon, and Jermaine Haley. Yeah. All right. Like, that was the class. Let's jump back in the time machine, back to 2021, back in the here and now. So, last season, Trey Dooms goes to Chattanooga. Uh, Our buddy Andrew Gordon goes to Louisiana Tech. So, two gone. This season, Jordan McCabe, like 48 hours after the last game, I'm out. Transfer portal. We, We find out he lands at UNLV, playing for a Kruger, 
Von Kruger's mm-hmm. son, I think. Emma Matthews Jr. transfer portal. He goes, and this was a, everybody's educated guess, going back closer to home, playing for University of Washington. So, Neil, I've already given in episode one the camis. Uh, I wish them the best in their future endeavors. Give me your thoughts on McCabe and Matthews leaving and where they're ending up. Yeah, Matthews kind of, it kind of surprised me. Uh, McCabe didn't, you know, it, it looked to him, with him like he was going to be the starting point guard. He was trying to groom him. He just never quite got there. But, um, you know, you kind of saw the writing on the wall when the other guys were getting him to play in time. And he was some games getting two or three minutes. And so I could see him going out. I mean, you know, all the hype he had coming out of high school, he's expecting more for college. Evan Matthews kind of surprised me because even no matter how bad he played or how good he played, he was a steady 18, 20 minutes a game, staying out there on the court, playing as a big man when needed. And, you know, he was using him. Uh, it kind of surprised me unless – Something's going on at home. He's homesick. Who knows? But that one kind of surprised me. McCabe didn't. Yeah. McCabe, you know, your trajectory in college, you should go from a low spot up to a high spot. And unfortunately for McCabe at WVU, his high spot was the last 10 games of his freshman year. And then just gradually declined um, in playing time, not in how how good of a basketball player he is, but Huggins obviously made a decision. And I think it's defense, you know. I think that was yeah. Huggins' thing with him. Matthews was a surprise, right? Um, but McCabe, Matthews kind of tied at the hip as far as considered leaders of the team going into last season. And so right. when McCabe leaves, it, then it doesn't become surprising if Matthews disappears. Uh, but we wish him the best, right? Oh, yeah. In the future endeavors. I mean, we've talked about it before. He was a good leader on the court. He seemed to have uh, the respect of the players out there with him. He was able to, you know, talk to them, get on to them when, whenever they weren't where they needed to be, even though it didn't seem like he was all the time himself. But, you know, he was uh, he was a leader out there on the court and seemed to have their respect. And, um, again, that's those are all reasons why it kind of surprised me, but I don't think he left uh, anybody with bad taste in their mouth with him, you know, going out the door. No. I think for both of them. Uh, so then, cut to this week, Derek Culver. A few weeks ago on Instagram, everything I know about Derek Culver, I know outside of on the court, I know from Instagram, goes to California a few weeks ago. This week, his agent announces on social media with graphics yes. that he signed Culver, goes on the record with Mike Kazaza. And says, yeah, I've got the contract. I'll show it to you. Speaking him up, but basically saying he's pursuing a pro career. Later in the day, Culver denies that on Instagram. Then deletes that story on Instagram. And then at about 1130 at night, announces using a Kyrie Irving level of words on his (laughs) Instagram story. I mean, you can't, you've got to either screenshot that or hold your finger down on your phone because you're not catching that in a 10-second window. So many words. 
but basically confirming, in fact, he's leaving West Virginia. So coming in, Derek Culver, I would say he's not going to be a four-year guy. That that proves out. What are your thoughts on Culver leaving after three seasons? Um, I hope he does well. Uh, I don't think he's going to be drafted uh, where he's hoping to be if he's drafted at all. Uh, I'm afraid he may have to go overseas. I think, and you know, I thought about this today that to me it kind of uh, kind of relates back to when Joe Alexander left. Now, granted, he was a lottery pick, so it's a little different. But he had one year with Huggins. Alexander did, and went from whatever he was with Beeline, you know, just a few minutes a game, just a few points a game, to dominating Duke in the NCAA tournament for Huggins. And I felt like he needed one more year to mature as an inside player and a little bit more of a perimeter game to go with it with Huggins before he left. And unfortunately it kind of proved out that way. He never really got a good footing in the NBA. Um, did more, did more work overseas. Um, Still getting overseas money. Good money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I kind of liken it to that, that because Alexander, he finished, he finished great. Culver had a good three years altogether and didn't finish as strong. And a lot of these NBA scouts and, um, and the decision makers, they kind of base some of their stuff on what they see at the end. Um, especially when, when you're on the national spotlight with the NCAA tournament and you're out there and, not doing your thing. Um, you know, Alexander puts up his numbers and dominates Duke like he did. And Culver kind of didn't show up in the big 12 tournament, you know, down the stretch. And um, I think it hurt him. I think it did too. I mean, with what you're saying, if they're just paying attention at the end, rough game against a, a zone, a Syracuse zone, but more indicting is the game before against Moorhead State where a broom, who's going to be a good player and, and is a good player, yeah. just blocking his shots with these. And Culver yeah. dominated in the second half. But just his overall body language, specifically on defense, does not leave a good taste in the mouth uh, for his NBA prospects. And I equate it more to like a Devin Williams, where his last yes. game against Stephen F. Austin – uh, and he, he's still in, he's still getting professional money. I don't blame, uh, Devin Williams for what he did. And I don't blame Derek Culver for what he did. Um, but for, in for, in an NBA conversation, we both agree that I don't see, I want to be proved wrong. I don't see a future for Derek Culver in the NBA, no. but he leaves West Virginia 54th guy to score a thousand points for WVU. And he did it in three seasons, 14th all time rebounds for WVU in just three seasons. If he would have stayed, he would have been top three. Like that's what kind of rebounder Derek Culver was. And he, three seasons, and he was suspended his first however many 10 games in his freshman year. So that's really impressive. It shows what kind of rebounder Derek Culver was at WVU and what's going to get him money in the pros, uh, wherever it's at. And, uh, 27 double-doubles, first-team All-Big 12, 
I mean, this is a good play. And that's, I don't, I don't think uh, Devin Williams did that or Elijah Macon guys who left with eligibility right. remaining to get overseas money. Here's the weird part. The takes are already coming out and maybe it's not weird, but I'm hearing a lot of similar to when Oscar left in January of this could be addition by subtraction. And people point to advanced stats and that when Culver was on the floor, those five team units, the, the, the lowest offensive efficiency had Culver in it and defense. We all seen what Culver was doing at the end defensively. I'll ask you, Neil, can WVU be a better team minus Derek Culver? Yes. And I think, I think the answers can be uh, given a little bit more when we talk the transfers, the, the ones coming in, not the ones going out. Right. And we're going to get to them. I, I have a hard time believing that if you lose a, a first-team Big 12 guy that you're going to be better. I think you could have figured it out with Oscar and Culver. It just would have looked different. I mean, they did it the year before. It just was a team that was not as good offensively, but really good defensively and get all the rebounds. But we have three unknown futures before we get into the other, the guys coming in. Deuce McBride, Taz Sherman, Sean McNeil all had their name in for the NBA. Neil, we could be talking about this in July. Like there's, there's no, we, I don't think we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks if any of those guys are coming back. Some may, it may be until July because the, the draft is like late July. So can, how many of the three, Deuce, Taz, and McNeil, play for WVU next season? I think, I think two out of three. I think to, and I have nothing to base that on. I we don't have anything, right? Uh, um, I, if I had to pick the two, I think McNeil and McBride come back. I kind of think Taz, he's, he's spent his four years in college, and I think he may go and wherever he can find money to play. Um, I could see him. He could be a great overseas player with his shooting ability. Um, I, I think he could. I, I could honestly see him doing that, and I wouldn't blame him for it either. I'm with you. I, I think two of three, and I think it's the ones that you mentioned. But it's either going to be one or two. We can agree it's not going to be zero. Yeah. And it's not going to be three. We're not losing all of them. I think McNeil's a lock to come back. I do too. Two years of eligibility remaining, a situation where you can say to him, the NBA says this is what you need to work on, and you could definitely improve your stock if it's not NBA, but as a professional player. Taz yeah. Sherman, what? how much more are you going to jump up? He had a great offensive season. I don't know how much he can improve for what his ceiling is as a professional. Uh, with love and respect, it was a great Taz Sherman season. I loved everything yeah. about what he did this year. Um, but I agree. It's, it's going to be – I hope it's two – it might be one and it's not going to be zero or three. So we're, we're kind of caught up. That's who's leaving. Yeah. That's who we don't know about. Who's coming in? Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. 
Summer's almost here. And you know what that means? Embroidery. I don't know if embroidery has anything to do with summer, but Dyer Prime knows about embroidery and they can help you with your embroidery needs. Embroider a hat, embroider a polo, embroider a t-shirt. Think of something that needs embroidered. Dyer Prime can do that for you. Start your summer off with embroidery with Dyer Prime, 304-767-4445, or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. All right, random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Neil, we've got, we've covered the guys who are gone. We covered the guys who we don't know. So here's the list of guys that we picked up in the transfer portal. And there's a theme here. And the theme is defense. All right. Yeah. So let's go through them. So this is not in chronological order. Let's start with the point guard, Malik Curry, 6-1 from Old Dominion, Conference USA, top 15 in assist percentage, steal percentage, and turnovers. 16 points per game on 46% shooting, 33% from three. He, he's not a three-point shooter. He's a driving guy. One year of eligibility. At minimum, he's a replacement for McCabe. And then based on what happens with the guards we don't know about, he could be in the starting lineup. Like that's to me, that's right. the range for Curry. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And if we get McBride back, I say Curry's in the lineup and we have a uh, Carter Miles type connection bringing bringing press Virginia back. That gives me, that puts a big smile on my face. And I think Huggins too. I think that puts a smile on Huggins' face. Well, and this guy, Curry, he, he had 32 and a half minutes a game, led his team in scoring 85% from the free throw line. And you know, you mentioned his three point percent. He only, he only uh, tried 58 threes, which is a little bit off from what we did this past season, but but if he can play the defense that Huggins is wanting with the basically two steals a game that he has, you know, I, I'm all for having him in there um, helping McBride because you can so you saw the type of defense McBride could play. It's basically like he was playing press Virginia by himself and the other four were going back to pick up half court defense. Right. Yeah. I'm excited for Curry. I, I, again, I'm excited in that I've only seen highlight packages and don't know a lot about them, but the stats say defense guy that is good at two point shooting, which this team had a big issue (laughs) with shooting from inside the three point line last year and just guys driving. We just didn't have a lot of that. Next guy, Diamond Kerrigan, six, nine, big from another conference USA guy. He's from Florida international. Second in Conference USA in blocks, seven points per game on 64% shooting. And that means he dunked a lot. That's what, and you just, my experience, and I've never dunked a basketball, Neil, at 10 foot rim. My understanding is that that's a high percentage shot, the dunk. Yep. You agree? Yeah. I, I would think that could be pretty high percentage. <laughs> Six rebounds per game, good at offensive rebounds. And he did that in 19 minutes a game. Him like Curry, one year of eligibility. 
And with this Culver news, Kerrigan helps replace the loss of Culver. And Cottrell, we don't know what's going to happen with his how he's progressing with his injury. Right. Typically, an Achilles injury is 11 to 13 months. So that puts him not in the rotation when we pick up in November. Um, so give me your thoughts on Kerrigan. Uh, another stat that kind of jumped out to me was his 1.1 steals a game. My question is, how did he get those? Were they defending the entry pass on guys he's guarding? Or is it in a press-style defense that maybe they ran at Florida International? I, I would like to know how he got those steals based on you know, what Huggins might try to do this coming season. Um, what I do know, I don't know the answer to your question. I do know that Florida International was terrible at basketball last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I see they were nine and 17. In nine is, I think nine is generous, dude. I think they, it was a rough, it was a rough FIU season. That may be right. They definitely uh, lost more than they won. Um, but, and the, another thing I saw was he only attempted 63 free throws on the season. And com, in comparison to uh, the 186 that Culver attempted this past season so um you know how effective is he is he actually around the rim you know is, these offensive putbacks by himself um, right no it doesn't point to him being good at offense it points to him being good at finishing and probably yes. good at pick and roll again good defense and excellent shooting from inside the three-point line 64 percent again it's dunks but it, we'll take it we'll take dunks we didn't have a lot of dunks last season, and we lost dunks from Emmett Matthews third guy the best name and we'll get in the names here in a second Polly Polycap, six eight big from DePaul this is his third division one school he went to Manhattan for two seasons before he went to DePaul this guy. Now, this is better competition. We're talking Big East. Now, DePaul's DePaul. We remember the Big East days. Oh, yeah. DePaul's DePaul, but that's a better conference than the Conference USA. And Poly Polycap, number one in the Big East last season in block percentage. Top 10 in the Big East in offensive rebounds. So we're talking defense, getting boards. And similar stats to Kerrigan offensively, seven points per game on 55% shooting. Again, watch his package. It's a lot of dunks and two-footers. And and he did that on 22 minutes per game. Like the other two, one year of eligibility. Another guy, like you talked about, Neil, we're not replacing Culver's free throw, getting to the free throw line. But can you replace that with multiple guys? We'll see. But give me your thoughts on Polycap. Uh. Again, talk to the free throws. I uh, just throw it out there: forty free throw attempts, but he shot sixty percent from the line. So, yeah, the two of them together aren't even close. Uh, the two of them together is one hundred and three free throw attempts to uh, replace one hundred and eighty-six, and neither one of them shot the sixty-two percent that Culver shot. But again, that's only one aspect. It seems to be one that hurts us a lot of times um but if they can finish around the basket it doesn't matter what they can do at the free throw line just because that seemed to be something Culver couldn't do that's part of the reason he had 
so many foul shots because he couldn't finish around the rim when he got fouled. Yeah. So and, there's and always the screen defense. And, you know, Kohler had his moments on defense. I mean, we yeah. all saw him guarding Cunningham at the end of that Oklahoma State game. Like, he had it in him. But overall, especially in those last few games, as we talked about, just his posture and just how it just wasn't there. And well, I, I can't imagine my I, – I haven't seen much of Polly Polycap. I can guarantee that I'm not going to see that Derek Culver body language from Polly Polycap. He's I'm got sure. – he's got – one of those motors that you hear about of like, I, he doesn't stop. And I love that. Well, and what we are losing from, I guess, I guess it's physicality on the offensive end under the basket on the defensive end, like you're talking about, we're replacing Culver's 0.8 blocks a game with Polycap at, with his 1.3 and Kerrigan with his 2.5 a game. So, you know, we spoke about it a little bit you know, throughout the, the podcast night. Press Virginia. You know, do we go back to the Kanate days where he's on the back end of the, of the press guarding the rim and having these big block parties like he used to have where he's back there by himself and they're trying to, they're trying to attack the basket two on one with just him back there and he's going straight up and defending the rim. Right. I, you can totally see that happening. I mean, here's the, tell me what this is with these three guys. Is this Huggins just filling needs? Like, hey, we lost a point guard. Let's get a point guard. Hey, we might lose Culver. Let's get some big guys. Or is he doing the I'll fix it treatment with a team that won 19 games and was a three seed in the tournament? Is it I'll fix it, just filling needs, or is it both? Um, I think he's. I think he's fixing it. I think he knows what has worked. I think, again, you go back to the Carter days. You go, I mean, you can even go back to the uh, Butler days a little bit. He he knows what role what role players he wants out there. And I think with the three pointers you saw flying up, the the lack of help defense at times. I think he got done what he got done this year with a lot of guys playing individually. And he's saying, I'm bringing my guys back in. We're going back to rock fights. We're going. Yes. <laughs> Some people are not excited about that. I, I weirdly am excited about that. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be more like a Huggins team. When you watch it, you're going to see Huggins imprint on the, on the team. He, he's trying to find another Cam Thurman. All right. Now you're speaking my language. I love yeah. it. You know, you know, this podcast feeling on Cam Thurman. All right, so, dude, just based on names, rank these names from best to worst. And this is, a, this is the toughest thing you're going to think about today. Polly Polycap, Bowl Bowl, God Sham God. Try to rank those names, best to worst. Bowl Bowl. I got to go Bowl Bowl. Oh, come on. Uh, go uh, ahead. Polly Polycap. And, and you've got God Sham God as the third best name in that group. Yeah. I, I was always a Manute Bowl fan. I always remember the, his seven three-point uh, performance in one game in the NBA with the Sixers. Well, Manute Bowl's a good name, too. We're just talking about names here, though. I mean – Yeah, it, I, I just 
yeah, I, I go. And I, I love the name. These are these are top tier names. Yes. I'm going God Sham God first. I'm going Polly Polly Cap second, and then Bull Bull. But the, I mean, it's hard to go wrong. Those are three. Yeah, very good tier name. names. It's the best. I think we're caught up, Neil. We've got everybody that left, everybody we still don't know about and probably won't know about until July. And who's joined the roster? We haven't even talked about we haven't talked about the freshmen yet. We'll talk about them at a later time. But as of the recording of this podcast, April 29th, 2021, is WVU's roster better or worse than the roster that they rolled out for the Syracuse game. I don't know if this is hope or, or what. I, I think it's better. I personally think it's better. I'm trying not to jump on the train of Culver's leaving. Oh, gosh, it's over. You know, we, we need him to come back another year. I'm trying to think of it more as, uh, you know, when Pitts, Noggle, and Gansey left, we got – Butler and Alexander behind them. When Alexander left, we got Kevin Jones and Devin Ebanks. Kanate left, we got Culver. Uh, I'm hoping Culver Culver leaves. We're going to have somebody new step up. We're going to have um, some new guys come up and and be in the spotlight. And uh, I, I think we're going to get Press Virginia back. I think we'll get something back that Huggins feels – is a better fit for Huggins yeah. coaching style. And I think we're going, I think we're going to do a lot better next year. All right. I don't uh, listen, man. I, it's hard for me to say that the roster is better when you lose an all big 12 guy as one of the three, but given the trajectory of the other two, I mean, what we're, we're trading seniors. We're swapping out three that three going to be seniors for three fifth year seniors, and the emphasis is on defense. So I think if you ask Huggins, I think Huggins would say the roster's better. Ah, gosh, if it is, it's slightly better. I, I think it's it's tough to replace what Culver presented, even though there was some issues with how he worked with the offense and his shortcomings on defense. All right. New segment, Neil's Hot Take, coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it. Interact with the show. All right, final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. New segment. Neil Stone, not a man of hot takes. As much I know Neil Stone, and Neil Stone does not hit people with hot takes. But that's why we're gonna do a segment called Neil's Hot Take. He's going to force things out of his mind that he actually believes that in his mind is a hot take uh, received by the masses. So, Neil, give me your hot take for this week. Uh, Blue gold game this past weekend, spring game football. uh, Deuce McBride still on campus, shows up and uh, 
takes part in the quarterback competition. And he wows the crowd with some nice passes, puts one in corner of the end zone in a basket. Uh, kind of made me think, well, if he comes back, well, if he stays on campus, stays a, a WVU athlete, and uh, we see something from the old Florida State days with Charlie Ward. Wait, okay, Neil. So, Charlie, you do remember that Charlie Ward won the Heisman Trophy, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, think of all the teams that wanted Deuce coming out of high school. Wanted him to come play quarterback. Dude, he looked great. He had the football jersey on. He, he threw that pass into the basket. You're telling me Neil Brown knocks on Bob Huggins' door and say, hey, can I borrow that guy? We need a starting quarterback. Yeah. Well, it'd be like back to the Pat White days. You'd, you'd have a guy who could actually run, get out in open space. Yeah, he just showed he could throw a nice pass. And, you know, Ward, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, but he went on to play in the NBA. It can happen. All right. <laughs> that is not a vote of confidence for our buddy uh, Jared Dagey, is it? Well, I think he knows he can't run that well. All right. Uh, you've convinced me. Deuce McBride, QB1, 2021. Yeah. Uh, and another, uh, you can hear in the background my little boy Mason. He's. Uh, he's running around playing during the recording so now the anybody's northern... wondering what's in the background it's a little two-year-old beautiful it's a the more the merrier on unreasonable doubt all right dude we're back i'm excited for the off season i'm get i'm glad neil's joining me gonna have some interviews with people who can show up it'll be great thanks neil thanks mason until next time i'm josh witt i'm neil stone This has been Unreasonable Doubt, WVU, and Mason's here too. WVU for the 2020-2021 season, they were 19 and 10.